Welcome, everybody. Welcome to Mountain. Uh, I am Nathan, and I'm one of the pastors here, and it's just a pleasure to be together. Welcome to everyone at the Bel Air and Edgewood campuses and online. Uh, so we're finished with the sermon series for Unleashed Love, but we're just beginning on this adventure, this initiative that we're doing together. So I hope you'll take Ben's words to heart. Uh, Global Impact Celebration coming up next week. Do not miss that either. It's going to be awesome. And today, though, uh, for obvious reasons, maybe, we decided to just talk about gratitude. We're calling this message Thanks, and uh, we're just going to pause and talk about that today because, you know, we got a big holiday coming up this week, this week right? You know what it's called? Thanks Feeling Day, right? We are uh, now years ago. Uh, Abraham Lincoln, President Lincoln, set aside an official day, the last Thursday of every November, and called it Thanks Feeling Day. It's a day set aside to feel thankful. Uh, we do thanks feeling uh, meals, we turkey and dressing, you know, uh, there's football. I just, thanks feeling is probably one of my favorite holidays. Um, I really, oh, hey, Brittany, so. Oh, no. Oh, thank you so much. I'm sorry. I've been saying the wrong name for the holiday. I apologize. We all know this. It's actually called Black Friday Eve. And so you need to eat a big meal, carb load, get ready to go get in a fist fight at 3 a.m. at Best Buy. Oh, I'm sorry. Thank you again. I, I messed it up again. Sorry. The name of the holiday actually, we all know this, right? Say it with me. Three, two, one. Thanksgiving Day. Right. Okay. Okay. Now, it's important to pause and talk about gratitude because we're, we're coming up on this holiday, but also just because it is something that is central to our faith. And as I was praying and thinking and searching the scriptures, I thought of a few things that, that would be worth sharing today. And the first one is just this. Thanksgiving is an action, not just a feeling. In the same way that we, you know, we talk about love around here a lot. And in our culture, a lot of times love is talked about as an emotion, a feeling. It's something that happens. You fall in and out of it. Uh, it's kind of like, you know, just blows like the wind. But then we like to teach and talk about how God's kind of love is something deeper and more substantial and more sturdy. And it's a choice. It's something we do. We talk about love does, right? We talk about unleashing love. And it's the same way, <clears throat> I think, with our gratitude. If... You know, if, it's not just about feeling thankful vaguely. It's about doing this. It's about um, in, in all the circumstances, in all the voices in our lives, not just kind of going where our feelings go, but being called and created by God to be a thanksgiving type of people. Not just the last Thursday of November, but all the time. I think we're supposed to be people who live out our lives with the discipline of giving thanks to our God. It's something that we do whether we feel like it or not. So um, Anne Lamott has this little book. We preached on it one time, just called Help, Thanks, Wow. And she's talking about thanks, and she says, you know, gratitude begins in our hearts, but it dovetails into behavior. President Kennedy, on the 100th anniversary of that first Thanksgiving, official Thanksgiving Day, he said, as we express our gratitude, we must never forget that the highest form of appreciation is not to utter words, but to live by them. And so in the Bible, you know, our, which is our source for faith and practice, it's just, it's just really clear and direct on this topic. It talks a lot about giving thanks. And our kind of our main text for today is 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, uh, verses 16 through 18. It says, rejoice always, 
pray continually, and look, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Rejoice always, pray continually, and give thanks in all circumstances. That's a countercultural message. And that's a hard, a challenging assignment from our Lord. You know, if you're a student uh, or were a student, you know, sometimes you get a homework assignment and it's like, oh man, that's going to be easy. I'm going to knock that out and get on with the things that, other things that I want to do, right? But other times you get a homework assignment and it's like, oh no, that, that, that is going to be hard. That's going to be a difficult assignment. And I think this commandment from God is kind of like that. Sometimes we do what we call happy thanks, you know, it's, it's, we, we're feeling it already. We're feeling thankful, so we give thanks. It's, it's happy. It's easy. Other times, it's, it's more like what we call hard thanks. So when you're having a great day, everything's going your way. You're successful. You succeed. You win the game. You make the deal. Here's your assignment from God. Rejoice, pray, and give thanks. But you know, when you're having a hard day, when you blew it, when you failed, when you are struggling, or, or maybe when someone else fails and messes up and, and it ripples over into, into, out into your life and, and causes you pain and problems, here's your assignment from God. Rejoice, pray, and give thanks. <clears throat> How about this example? When your preferred candidate wins an election... If you're feeling vindicated, you're feeling upbeat, positive, you, you think the voice of the people has been heard and the ship is kind of turning back in a good direction, future is maybe brighter, here's your assignment. Rejoice, pray, give thanks. And then many others among us, maybe you're feeling this, or what about this? If your preferred candidate loses an election, maybe you're feeling disappointed, maybe you're feeling overlooked, maybe you're feeling scared, worried that the ship is turning in a, in a bad direction or sinking completely. Maybe to you, from where you stand, the landscape looks bleak. Well, here's what God desires from you. Rejoice, pray, give thanks. It's a tough word sometimes, but it's just all over the Bible. Paul says it again in a different way. In Philippians chapter 4, he says, Don't be anxious about anything, but in every situation... By prayer and petition, and look at this, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. Now, if Paul can write those words from a prison cell awaiting his death, his execution, I believe you and I can learn to be grateful in all of the circumstances we face in our lives. In, in light of this very challenging calling, I'm really thankful for the book of the Psalms in the Bible. It's just this collection of songs and prayers, and we believe that the Psalms um, cover the full range of human emotion. It's all in there. Many of them are written by King David. And so as we think about happy thanks and hard thanks, I'm just going to share, I'm going to read in their, in their entirety two Psalms. One is a happy thanks Psalm. So close your eyes if it helps, follow along if it helps. We're not going to put the words up here, just listen to this. Psalm 145, he says, I will exalt you, my God, the King. I will praise your name forever and ever. Every day I will praise you and extol your name forever and ever. Great is the Lord and most worthy of praise. His greatness no one can fathom. One generation commends your works to another. They tell of your mighty acts. We pass it along. 
They speak of the glorious splendor of your majesty, and I will meditate on your wonderful works. They tell of the power of your awesome works, and I will proclaim your great deeds. They celebrate your abundant goodness and joyfully sing of your righteousness. The Lord is gracious and compassionate, slow to anger and rich in love. The Lord is good to all. He has compassion on all he has made. All your works praise you, Lord. Your faithful people extol you. They tell the glory of your kingdom and speak of your might so that all people may know of your mighty acts and the glorious splendor of your kingdom. Your kingdom is an everlasting kingdom. Your dominion endures through all generations. The Lord is trustworthy in all he promises and faithful in all he does. The Lord upholds all who fall and lifts up all who are bowed down. The eyes of all look to you. And you give them their food at the proper time. You open your hand and satisfy the desires of every living thing. The Lord is righteous in all his ways and faithful in all he does. The Lord is near to all who call on him and to all who call on him in truth. He fulfills the desires of those who fear him. He hears their cry and saves them. The Lord watches over all who love him, but the wicked he will destroy. My mouth will speak in praise of the Lord. Let every creature praise his holy name forever and ever. I wonder if you ever felt like that about God. If, you, if you've had, I hope all of us in one way or another have sort of had a moment and many moments in our lives when we praise God in, like in that way. But maybe you're hearing that today and you go, yeah, that's great when you're feeling it. But what about when, when I'm not? What if, what, what if I really just don't know what to be thankful for? Am I supposed to go to God and say, oh, thank you, God, that I got fired? Thank you, O great God of love, you know, that my spouse just walked in and informed me that they're leaving. Thank you, dear Lord, for these cancer cells. Thanks, Jesus. I'm just so grateful that I have no friends, that I can't keep up in my classes. I mean, seriously, we're supposed to be, we're really supposed to give thanks in those kind of circumstances when death and disease and violence and darkness and fear and injustice and hopelessness seem to just be all around. Well, here's another psalm. This is Psalm 69, and we'll call this a a hard thanks psalm. Save me, O God, for the waters have come up to my neck. I sink in the miry depths where there is no foothold. I have come into the deep waters. The floods engulf me. I'm worn out, calling for help. My throat is parched. My eyes fail, looking for my God. Those who hate me without reason outnumber the hairs of Of my head. Bigger problem for some of us than others, but you get it. (laughs) Many are my enemies without cause, those who seek to destroy me. I'm forced to restore what I did not steal. That's unfairness. That's injustice. You know, God, you, you, God, know my folly. My guilt is not hidden from you. Lord God Almighty, may those who hope in you not be disgraced because of me. God of Israel, may those who seek you not be put to shame because of me. For I endure scorn for your sake, and shame covers my face. I'm a foreigner to my own family, a stranger to my own mother's children. That's loneliness. That's feeling like an outcast. For zeal for your house consumes me, and the insults of those who insult you fall on me. When I weep and fast, I must endure scorn. When I put on sackcloth, people make sport of me. Those who sit at the gate mock me, and I am the song of the drunkards. But I pray to you, Lord, in the time of your favor and your great love, O God, answer me with your sure salvation. Rescue me from the mire. 
Do not let me sink. Deliver me from those who hate me, from the deep waters. Do not let the floodwaters engulf me or the depths swallow me up or the pit close its mouth over me. Answer me, Lord, out of the goodness of your love and and your great mercy. Turn to me. Do not hide your face from your servant. Answer me quickly, for I am in trouble. Come near and rescue me. Deliver me because of my foes. You know how I'm scorned, disgraced, and shamed. All my enemies are before you. Scorn has broken my heart, has left me helpless. I looked for sympathy, but there was none. For comforters, but I found none. They put gall in my food and gave me vinegar for my thirst. May the table set before them become a snare. May it become retribution and a trap. May their eyes be darkened so they cannot see, and their backs are bent, be bent forever. Pour out your wrath on them. Let your fierce anger overtake them. May their place be deserted. Let there be no one to dwell in their tents, for they persecute those you wound and talk about the pain of those you hurt. <clears throat> Charge them with crime upon crime. Do not let them share in your salvation. May they be blotted out of the book of life and not be listed with the righteous. And check this out. But as for me, afflicted and in pain, may your salvation God protect me. I will praise God's name in song and glorify him with thanksgiving. This will please God more than an ox, more than a bull with horns and hooves. Those are, those are religious acts. Those are sacrifices and religion. The poor will see and be glad. All you who seek God, may your hearts live. God hears the needy and does not despise his captive people. Let heaven and earth praise him, the seas and all that move in them. For God will save Zion and rebuild the cities of Judah. The people will settle there and possess it. The children of his servants will inherit it, and those who love his name will dwell there. Now, I read that. I took the time to read all that. I want you to see the honesty the real and raw nature of that. Uh, there's some real anger and bitterness in there toward people that, you know, they feel, you feel like your enemies. It's just like, God, kill them. If it were up to me, I would take them out. This is how I feel. And I just want to tell you, if those feelings come, God can handle them. You need to give them to God. But I also want you to see the turn that takes place. But as for me, and we see this over and over in the, in the scriptures, something like this, yet still I will praise him. Yet still I will praise God. You know, as we live our lives in this crazy world, I'm telling you that move right there is the beginning of the move from victim to victory. It is the catalytic moment in the concept of letting our gratitude and praise come through in all circumstances. Which brings me to my second point. Thanks are given to someone. Uh, You know, all my English teachers, all my word nerds, you're going to love this, okay? What I'm saying is our gratitude needs an indirect object, okay? I give my thanks to God, subject verb, direct object, indirect object. So a lot of times when this is taught, you have a little example like, he gave her the flowers, right? 
He's the subject, gave is the verb. Direct object is the flowers. To her, her, she is the indirect object. It's not a good story without that. He gave the flowers. It's incomplete. Here's an example maybe you all understand better. Joe Flacco passed the ball. <laughs> to whom? To Steve Smith for a touchdown? To some guy on the other team for a touchdown? <laughs> to the grass, 10 yards of, you know, past his open receiver? The recipient matters a lot in the story, right? It's crucial. And I'm telling you, it's the same with our gratitude. This is the thanks feeling versus thanksgiving thing I was getting at earlier. Pay attention this week when you hear, and pay attention when you hear yourself talking about gratitude and thanksgiving. Is it just kind of vague feeling grateful and thankful? When I hear people talking that way and not acknowledging any kind of source, I just want to go, but where? Where are you giving those thanks? Where's it going? We have to give our thanks where they're due. One of the things I love about uh, the Christian faith is we have this symbol of the cross, and it's just a simple vertical line and a simple horizontal line. And it reminds us always that there are those two aspects to our faith. Every aspect, every part of our faith has a vertical component and a horizontal, an us and God component and an us and each other component. And so like love, we, we, God first loved us, so we love each other. We unleash love because it's been poured into us. Forgiveness, we need forgiveness for God, from God for our sins, and we need to forgive one another. Forgive them, Lord, as, as, you know, as you forgive us. Service. We serve God, but we actually do that by serving other people. And a lot of times it's, the, it's in the horizontal piece where God says the vertical piece is proven, right? It's how we love one another and other people is how we show our love to God. So it's the same with our gratitude. And just setting aside for a moment, <clears throat> giving thanks to God. Think about the horizontal piece in your life of gratitude. Look at that a little bit. Who do you need to say thank you to? Is it a friend? Is it a family member? Is it a co-worker? Is it a person sitting next to you who wore that lovely perfume, cologne today? Is it, you know, who, cut, who delivers your mail? Who cuts your grass? Who, who makes your coffee and serves that up to you? And if you're, sitting there, if you're sitting there thinking, well, but I pay those people for those things. I don't need to say thank you. Then you're missing the point. You're not grateful yet. This is, this is not about keeping score. This is about blessing. This week I got a nice thank you note from somebody in the church. They're just like, you know, thank you for what you do. And they gave us a little gift card so my family, you know, go get some food. It was really, really thoughtful. And so they gave us a gift card. So we wrote back a thank you note for their thank you note. And then I was like, well, I wonder if they're going to write back a thank you note for our thank you note for their thank you note. And I was like, when, when does it end? How do you know when to, you know, stop that, that chain? But I was like, I don't know, but I just want to be a person who errs on the side of being too thankful rather than being not thankful enough. So to whom do you need to give thanks? This week, this season, if it's not popping in your head right away, pray about it. God will direct you towards someone that you can, you can express some gratitude to in your life. Maybe a phone call, pull them aside. Look, I went to the dollar store the other day. Eight thank you notes with envelopes for a buck. Do it. This is your homework assignment. I'm going to use these this week. I'm going to give them to people. And many of the greatest leaders that I know, they, they make a weekly or daily discipline of just writing some thank you notes to people in their lives, showing gratitude. And in the, the vertical aspect, I mean, we, well, we can't send these to God. I mean, what, I guess you could. We do it to Santa Claus. I'd maybe do it. Write a thank you note to God. Write God on the envelope, put a stamp on it, see what happens. 
But our prayers are, are that. Our prayers are like our thank you notes to God. There's this beautiful scripture in Revelation that says, it gives us this image. God, he says God stores up our prayers in golden bowls. He treasures them, loves them. So say thank you to God in your prayers. Write about it. Journal your, your, your gratitude. Just make a list. Count your blessings. Name them one by one. That can be an important act of thanksgiving to God. Sing a song. You know, we're, supposed, we're told in the scripture, all, you know, we should be sing and make music from our hearts, always giving thanks to the God the Father for everything in the name of the Lord. Maybe you're not a good singer, it doesn't matter. Uh, or do something else, create some other kind of art. Much of the great art in the history of the world was made as acts of worship and gratitude to God. You don't have to be Michelangelo to draw a picture, paint a painting, build a table, plant a garden, do what you do, and do it as an act of praise and thanksgiving to God. How about this? Maybe make a decision. Maybe, maybe from today to the end of the year, <clears throat> make a decision to start every day with gratitude to God for his provision, for his goodness. Uh, I love Psalm 100. It has these lines. It says, enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name for God is good and his love endures forever. His faithfulness continues through all generations. Maybe make a decision to just end every day with gratitude. Maybe the last thing you say is just if one word. Say thanks. Thank you, God. Thanks for the, the day that you gave me. Thanks for the blessings that it contained. And then, and then just go to sleep. Meister Eckhart, this German theologian, from the 13th, 14th centuries, he just said, <clears throat> said, if the only prayer you ever said was thank you, that would be enough. I just want to urge you as strongly as I can, not only to have a great Thanksgiving day, but to set yourself on a path to becoming a person of continual Thanksgiving and gratitude. Because the third, the third point I want to make today is that gratitude is a gateway into all kinds of good things. It's a gateway into God's provision. There's this uh, story you may have heard of where Jesus uh, took a little, just a little kid's lunch, little bread and some fish, and he fed 5,000. He miraculously multiplied it and fed 5,000 people. And he did it again with just some bread one time. He fed 4,000 people. We read about this in all four Gospels. And uh, I was thinking about it. I was looking back at that, and I noticed how much uh, is focused on the moment of thanksgiving. It seems to be that all the gospel writers are saying that was sort of the magic moment when it says, and when he had given thanks, he broke the bread and it was multiplied and it was just an amazing act of provision. They really focus on that, on that Thanksgiving piece more than I had ever noticed before. <clears throat> and then I noticed later in John 6, that same day Jesus fed 5,000 and he walked on water. It's like a busy day for him. And then we read, John is describing, you know, some people are looking for Jesus. They don't see him on this side of the lake. They're looking for him. And then it says, then some boats from Tiberias landed near the place where the people had eaten the bread after the Lord had given thanks. And once the crowd realized neither Jesus and his disciples were there, they got in boats. I was struck by the way he described that place. I, if it had been me, I would have said, described it as the place where the people had eaten the bread. Or the place where the people had eaten the bread that Jesus had miraculously multiplied. But he, John describes it as the place where the people had eaten the bread after the Lord had given thanks. 
he, he specifically brings that back and says, that was really important. So you want God to provide the things you need in your life? Try this. Start by giving thanks for the things God has already provided and is providing. You might realize you already have what you need. You might even realize what you thought you needed is not exactly what you do need. It's something different. Start there with gratitude. I want to say this too. Gratitude is a gateway to generosity. We're talking about unleashed love. We're talking about these commitments. Many, many people in our community still need to make a commitment. Our number one goal is that this would be 100% participation. And uh, if you, I just want to say, like, if you're here, this is what I'll add to that. If you're here, you're soaking up and benefiting from all that God is doing in and through Mountain. That's awesome. Just don't just be a taker. Don't be someone in that crowd who gets the miraculous bread from Jesus and says, awesome, and just keeps it to yourself. Share it. Dive deeper. Pass it along. Be someone who receives gratefully in order to give generously. As we talk about making these financial commitments and all that, I'm just going to say it's not going to make any sense to you if you're not grateful for what God is doing around here. The gratitude is precisely the motivation for wanting to do more and be a part of God doing more of it. So get some skin in the game. I double-dog dare you to make a commitment through Unleashed Love. Be more of a stakeholder of what's going on around here. And it's just this, there's other ways to do that, but this is a ready-made, really great way to do that. To let gratitude be a gateway to greater generosity in your life. And if all that's like you're new, that's in really intense, and you're like, whoa, man, what are you, come on. How about this? Raise your hand if you like being happy. Okay, almost all y'all. <laughs> now, we can debate whether or not how much God cares about us being happy versus maybe how much he cares about us being holy. For, but for good or bad, the pursuit of happiness is a foundational value in this country. And we look around and everybody, and ourselves included a lot of times, we're just chasing happiness. We want to be happy. We're selling our souls to do it sometimes. In some ways, it's, we try to gain that in pretty harmless. Other ways are very destructive. And none of it's filling that God-shaped hole inside all of us. Well, I have the secret to happiness. I don't know. I have it. I'm about to share it with you all. Okay? This is big. You've been searching for this your whole life. Get on the edge of your seat. Be ready. Ready? The secret to happiness is... gratitude. That's it. My pastor back home taught me that, and, I, and I, I, it's changed my life. He said he learned it when he went on a short-term mission trip, and he hung out with people who were living on a dollar or two a day, and they were genuinely happy. And he was like, they had something I, don't, I didn't have, and all my money couldn't buy it. Maybe a better word even is contentment. So I'll say this, try this, stop chasing after happiness, instead embrace gratitude and watch as happiness and contentment and joy, they come as a byproduct of that. That's how it works. Henry Nouwen says the opposite of gratitude is resentment. 
And I just, you know, I think we live in a world where we could use a whole lot less resentment and a whole lot more contentment. And I think gratitude is right there at the center of that equation. And let's let it start with you and me. I am a, uh, I'm a dad of two little girls. You, many of you know that. I think a lot of the most important work I do in life and ministry is, uh, is what I, whatever I'm doing to shape their little hearts and their character. And like any parent, you know, I have big dreams and ideas for their lives, but I, I work hard not to let that get too tied up with my own ego because in my, in my wiser moments, I know I'd love to see them do great things, but I just want them to be good people. I want them to be faithful. I want them to be kind and respectful and grateful. And if I can raise young women who who are those things, it'll be a win, right? Where I'm from, the first six phrases you learn as a child are, yes, sir, no, sir, yes, ma'am, no, ma'am, please, and thank you. And by the way, number seven is probably bless your heart or bless his heart. <laughs> and this is a necessary aside, okay? It's a useful phrase for situations like when Ben Kacharis gets up here and tries to talk about grits like he did a couple weeks ago. <laughs> bless his heart. <laughs> it's just a little advice. Um, listen to Ben almost all the time, but do not listen to someone from Minnesota talking about grits. Or food in general. I googled best foods from Minnesota and this is what it came up. Number one was something called tater tot hot dish that none of us have ever heard of. Number three was spam. Number six was cheese curds, which they're just blatantly trying to steal from Wisconsin. That's a Wisconsin thing. So listen, listen to Ben on everything else except food and probably football. Don't listen to him on those things. Anyway, the struggle is real to raise grateful kids, but this is not just for those of us raising kids. It's not too late for any of us to allow our hearts and minds and souls to become more grateful. So ask yourself some of these kind of diagnostic questions. Would those who know me best say that I'm a truly grateful person? What about this? What's the ratio of complaining to thanksgiving in my life? How do those balance out? What about this? What's the ratio of asking for stuff versus thanksgiving in my prayers? What about this? Is thanksgiving a holiday for me or a way of life? What is my next step? And having more of an attitude of gratitude in in my whole life. And if you can identify a next step, take it. Because I believe it is the gateway to all kinds of God's goodness in your life and in this world. I love uh, words and word meanings. And some of y'all know I like to speak Spanish. So I'm going to go through a couple Spanish words here with us, okay? Now, if you took Spanish in in school at all, you learn there's a couple of questions that they just always think are really important. Like, okay, donde esta el baño? Where's the bathroom? I see how, why that's important, right? And the other one everybody always uh, comes back to is, donde esta la, yeah, la biblioteca? They're always looking for the library in Spanish one classes. Okay, <laughs> biblioteca, biblio, book, Bible. Teca means like collection. So it's like a place where there's lots of books, library. Okay, makes sense. Here's another great word. You probably know this one too. Burrito, burrito. 
Great word, great word, great food. It actually has a more literal meaning. Burro, donkey, burro, right? Ito means little or small. So burrito literally means little donkey, okay? And this is amazing. So uh, in, in the Bible, Palm Sunday, Jesus rides triumphantly into Jerusalem on the colt of a donkey. And in, in Spanish translations of the Bible, it literally says Jesus rides into Jerusalem on a burrito. So... You're welcome in advance. Every Easter time from here on, you're going to remember that. You're just going to laugh to yourself. Now, here's another one that I bet you know. Uh, how do you say thank you in Spanish? Go ahead. Gracias. Gracias, that's right. Now, that word doesn't literally mean thank you. It's just the plural of the word gracia, which is just the word that we would say, the English word is grace. When you're saying gracias, you're literally saying graces. And so what that means is when I say thank you in Spanish, I'm not saying, yeah, that's right. You just gave me what I deserved. I'm not acknowledging that that has happened. When you say gracias, you're acknowledging, I'm acknowledging that I have received a grace, that I have received a gift, and that I am thankful and grateful to the source of it. Which brings me to the final thing I just want to say about thanks today. For me, for this church, and for all who call ourselves Christians, thanksgiving centers on Jesus Christ. We're, uh, we're going to go right into our communion time today. We sometimes call it communion. We sometimes call it the Lord's Supper. It's sometimes called the Eucharist. And servers at all campuses can, can take your places. Now, maybe you never heard that word before. Maybe you grew up hearing that word. Maybe you do or don't know what it means. Well, here's what it means. It comes from a Greek word, eucharisteo. And uh, it doesn't actually literally mean communion. It doesn't mean meal. It doesn't mean bread. What it literally, it, it's a verb. It means I thank or I give thanks. And right there in the middle of it is charis, which is just the Greek word for gift or grace. Our gratitude for, this God, for God in this world, for his work in our lives, it centers on this man, Jesus, who lived, he was born, he lived, he loved, he served, he healed, he prayed, he suffered, he died for us, and he rose again in victory that we might become people of hope and people of of gratitude, people who rejoice, pray, give thanks in all circumstances. So I hope, I hope everybody has an awesome Thanksgiving day on Thursday. And you know what? If you don't have a place to spend uh, that day, uh, contact the church. We would love to help you find some friends and, and a, a good place to spend that day with some food. I just want you to know, we who follow Jesus, we have a Thanksgiving meal every week, every time we gather like this, and not even just these times. When we, when we gather in homes, in restaurants, any time that we gather, we break bread together, and we rejoice, we remember the loving provision of God, and we give thanks. That's Eucharisteo. That's communion. That's Thanksgiving. So we're going to do that now. Everyone's invited.
The bread and the juice uh, are emblems and reminders of the body and the blood of Jesus. In these moments, remember and give thanks. Let's pray. Loving creator God, thanks. In the name of Jesus, we pray.